among friends. A fair deal is a fair deal. Do a quick job, get the crest all fixed up. You're itching for some trouble when that job is assaulting an M4. Well, partner, when you poke the hive, you're bound to stir up the nasps. Sure hope Mando packed the bug spray. Spoilers ahead. Welcome, Galactic Citizens, to another episode of Hoth Topics, a podcast about Star Wars. We are continuing our adventure talking about the Mandalorian episodes. With me, as always, is my co-host, John. Hello. And here with the straight facts, roommate Mike, back at it again. Hey. So you got the whole name right. I appreciate that. Yeah. Roommate, straight facts, Mike. Welcome back, gentlemen. So, today we're going to talk about this siege. This is the episode where the Mando uh, goes, he has a, a goal now. He knows where he thinks there is a Jedi, but his ship is still pretty, pretty, pretty broken down. And he goes to back to Navarro to visit some old friends. And I am seeing Carl Weathers' face, and we've just been calling him Carl Weathers all evening. Yeah. So I'm struggling to remember the character's name. Oh, straight facts, Mike's got it. His name is Grief Karga. Grief Karga. Yeah. Oh, wow, Ian. Fake fan right well, here. Because Karga sounds like Carl and then Carl Weathers. Come on. Carl. Carl. Uh, that kills people. Anyway. He does. <laughs> he does. He yes. out a lot in this episode. Uh, weirdly. Correct. Goes back to to uh, Navarro, meets with Grief Karga and uh, Cara Dune. Um, they're going to fix his ship up, but they have a task for him. And that task is infiltrating an Imperial base where there are uh, a skeleton crew of Remnant Imperials kind of just, just chilling. Not really hurting anybody. I don't know what the big... <laughs> but uh, they decide that that needs to get taken care of and blown up. And they go and they do that. So, getting into the nitty-gritty of the specifics here, uh, John, what are some things that stood out to you this episode? I would just like to start off with asking you a question, kind of related to the beginning of this episode and kind of the end of the last episode. But would you say that the, the Mon Cal repairs on, on the Razor Crest were fishy? How long yeah. have you been waiting to say that? <laughs> Like, has Did it been you, minutes? Has it been hours? Has it been since the last podcast? Uh, since you said there was something sketchy about the repairs or something to that effect, okay. my brain tuned out and wanted to make a fishy pun. Gotcha. Are you Are you happy? Um. Yes, I am oh. happy. Okay. Thank you for joining us. This has been... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I'm sorry, and what was the question? I had that I had that all wound up and ready to... Ready to uh, yeah, Thank no, you. I, I, you know, I, I, I gotta, I gotta respect the hustle. Mm. Um, you don't have to. Yeah, I, well, you know, game respects game. I choose. <laughs> well, what in what? what, what, what mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Mm, yes. Well, in that the, case, <laughs> the question was, what stood out to you this episode? Oh, what stood out? Well, first off, you get the return of TV's ratio sands. Mm. We do mm. as the as the blue guy, blue man non-group. Yeah, the the mythol. No, that's... Mithril. Mithril. Yeah. It's it's like the type of chainmail our characters usually end up wearing in right. But with an O. Mithril. Yeah, got it. But not Mithril. Got it. Mm-hmm. Which is what he is. We wear Mithril, and he's a Mithril. 
Got it. Did you get it? Oh, um, <laughs> everything good? That's no. Great, that's a great thing about having my weird anxiety pre-migraine attacks is that, like, my brain don't work good, and then I try to make other people's brains bad, too. Yeah, well, <laughs> it, you're succeeding a little bit because um, I can't... All think. I see is letters beginning with M. <laughs> or words. Numbers that begin with M. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so something I noted, like, so... I think we mentioned before, usually before we record these episodes, we rewatch the episode, even if it's been months since it's actually aired. Right. And something that I noticed with the Mithril, with two TV's Horatio Sands, is that well, we're going to find out it's not Horatio Sands, and my brain's going to feel so dumb. It's going to be Will Sasso. I know. It's going to be Will Sasso. So we see TV's Horatio Sands when grief brings mando into the sheriff's office i guess Marshall's city hall office? wherever grief hangs out yeah, with, yeah. uh with kara mm-hmm. and he's talking into a, a a data pad and he says something like it's unregistered or something like that. like mm-hmm. i don't remember the exact words because it's gone and then i had a panic attack but it sounded like he was reporting that the razor crest had shown up on navarro because he's mentioned something like the last time I saw it, and then and then Mando walks in, and then he gasses himself. Remember, he had those gases shoot he, out. He had a little mist. Yeah, he misted himself. He got a little misty-eyed, throated, um, misty-necked. So I, I don't know if that's actually what was going on, uh, but we know from later in the episode that something fishy's been done. Not that was not related to the Mando. I just or the, uh, the Mon Cal. As soon as he said it, like my shoulders <laughs> just dropped. And I, I, was, uh, I was trying to remember if Mimbins are aquatic at all, and I don't think they are. They're just scary no. and live in the dark. So we know we know something's been done to the Razor Crest. So I didn't know if maybe that was a connection, or if that was just a way to get get a fun little laugh out of TV's Horatio Sands. Yeah, the way that I interpreted that that scene was like grief was coming into the office like he was on his way in and tv's horatio sans saw him and was beginning to report to him before mando walked in that's how i interpreted the scene however it is a cool idea i kind of like the idea of him like you know playing all sides because that's kind of what his character is yeah so that's a neat little uh head cannon at the very beginning that was the first thing that kind of like popped out again after like the Sixth rewatch of that episode. Sure, it's a it's a dungeon crawl. It's, yeah, it's yeah. More, more of a serialized episode. Where yeah, it's just kind of like, oh hey, before you continue your mission, let's do a little side quest. You know, get your uh, get you, get you a little XP boost, maybe some magic items. But it does serve a very important purpose in that this episode is where they discover that Moff Gideon is indeed still alive, mm-hmm. fueling the sort of the 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 rest of the season. Um. You know, they, they know he's a threat now, and the goal of getting the child to a Jedi, which was the quest, it has even more urgency. So, and that's the thing I like about this series, and I think some people need to kind of, like, keep in the back of their mind, Mike. is that even though there are episodes that are filler-esque or one-off-esque, they still contain information that progresses the main plot right i do agree with you yeah but it's still fun to have that that uh that sort of stuff there mike what about you what what stood out to you in this episode um i think the most like prevalent thing in my mind that i saw out of this episode was how 
little we saw out of our two main characters. Mandalorian was there for about two-thirds of the way, and even then, I feel like Carl Weathers and Horatio Sands did the brunt of the work while he was there, and then he left. (laughs) Um, And then all we got out of um, the child was that he likes to eat blue cookies, Um, and that was it. Um, and I mean, I don't blame them that those look delicious, but, uh, we didn't get a lot of, uh, development and instead we got a lot of development on our side characters. I'm not complaining. That's just very different from what we've seen so far in this season and in the series in general. Um, I still had a lot of fun. Like the, I think the action scenes in this one are really well shot. Um, I liked Cara Dune's character in the first season. I'm, you know, glad to see her back um, in this episode and then more episodes to come. I wasn't expecting that. Um, obviously, I wasn't expecting Horatio Sands to be back either <laughs> um, after what we saw out of him in the first season. But um, he was a lot of fun. Like he's a funny character and uh, he's a good actor. So it was uh, it was a good time. Um, wasn't a lot of substance, but it, there doesn't need to be. It was just like a fun little adventure that we got to go on with this ragtag team um that we saw you know them work together in the first season now we get to see them work together in the second and the the cool thing about that is is because they've worked so much together previously like the mandalorian showed up and then just went right to work like hey we got a job for you okay let's go that was basically the entire first portion of it it's like um you gotta fix my ship oh let's go do a job real quick like boom, boom, boom. While while we're gonna do that, so um, there was a lot less frills and a lot less setup in order to kind of focus on a lot of the the cool action scenes, a lot of the cool um, like development scenes in terms of like the the overall story. Like we got to see the the hologram of the um, the lab guy, whatever, or the doctor guy, whatever he is. Dr. Pershing. Yeah. And like, why do I remember that, but not grief card? <laughs> <laughs> or why can't you remember, uh, Horatio Sands' character's name? Because it's not a mystical metal. Mm. It's also because he doesn't have one. Yeah. He's referred to by his species name. Yeah, he's which just is the mithril. Weird. <laughs> anyway, uh, um. Well, I mean, Mandalorian is referred to as the Mandalorian. Yeah, but that's but like we, a culture we, we thing. We do know his name, though. Hmm. Yeah. And that's also like a culture thing, as opposed to, well, I guess maybe the the, the, the Mithril, I almost called them the Mythal again. Hmm. Um, maybe the Mithril is also, you know, similar. Whatever. Maybe it's, they're like the Q, where all the whole species has one name. It's fake in its space. Mm. Um, Anger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I concur with, uh, with, pretty much everything you said there you know it was very it it these types of episodes are a byproduct of long form storytelling uh and television storytelling especially um anything that is episodic and we haven't gotten anything like that in star wars for live action this particular episode really felt like uh like a Clone Wars episode to me where, you know, it has those char- the well-established characters that we kind of already know and they just go and they do a thing and then the episode's over and they move on to the next thing. Which makes sense because a lot of, you know, the people who are working on this project got their 
chops on Clone Wars and TV, other TV and animation and stuff like that. I did have one uh, kind of a, a joke. I was making it while we were uh, while we were watching rewatching the episode where there's that scene where they're escaping the base, and the speeder bike brigade just kind of shoots out, and two of them don't even make it down the cliff. <laughs> you know, we we give stormtroopers a lot of flack for like seemingly being weak, but that's because we're watching from the perspective of the heroes right and the the faceless minions aren't gonna go up against that but these guys just kind of like fell down a cliff <laughs> and broke you, both what, their what bikes what it looked like to me is one of the guys tried to hot shot and do like a sick trick off like a off like a rock and just ended up landing on another guy's bike yeah so really it's one guy that messed up <laughs> and just took out two guys with his one guyness, I just like this thought that like when the empire collapsed, they had to like shift around a bunch of people <laughs> to like different areas. Just like, hey, Frank, I know that you work in IT, but your new orders are to go with the speeder bike group. It's like, but I don't you're, know how to. You're gonna be fine. Your resume says that you did some landscaping on some right on lawnmowers. It's just like a speeder bike. Yeah, exactly the same. Same speed. Normal. Well, I monsters. mean, if if uh, Luke Skywalker can hop into an X-wing when his only uh... yeah, but he's magic. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> he's got magic powers. Remember? Yeah. Just... Remember? Remember when when Anakin did that? Yeah. All, all he did was spin. Yeah, pretty it's much. A, it's a really good trick. It is. I was gonna make a joke, <laughs> and I forgot what it was. Mm. Something about leftward sloping turns. Oh no! It's uh, it's um, slightly turned to the left. Yeah, evasive maneuvers. Yeah. Just slightly turned to the left. Slightly. Oh, you you had mentioned something during the episode where it's like take evasive maneuvers, and that how that doesn't mean anything in Star Wars because it always happens within a canyon, within like a trench. Yeah. yeah, or a trench where no evasive maneuvers can happen. Mm. The evasive maneuvers go slightly faster. Right. There was one thing that kind of was weird to me in this episode is they're hightailing it back to the village mm -hmm. right as if they'd be safe there right yeah as long as they get there then uh base they yeah. call base right and <laughs> i've learned this in tag yeah. um <laughs> and so i'm sure they know it as well so as long as they get back they're good it's a universal rule ian right i see so, the, so the Tie Fighters yeah. would have just been like, "Up, oh, they called base. They yeah. called base. Yeah, right. they're off. Yeah, there's civilians okay. in there. Cool. The Empire's not going to fire up civilians. Name one example. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't. Do you have enough time? Yeah, <laughs> we don't have enough time left in the podcast. Uh, <laughs> when they when they brought that mission up to Mando, they thought it was like a skeleton crewed base and not like a fully operational research center. So I didn't think they. Th they even expected ties to be. They brought uh, Mithril Speeder, you know, like right. They they didn't have any intention of being chased out of there in a gunfight. So <laughs> yeah, I and think they were just kind of plumbing. going wherever they could go. Right, they might have cover or a secret covert of Mandalorians. They mm. definitely left the planet. Yeah, the very first scene we see is a bunch <laughs> of. Uh, well, I don't remember what that species name is, but uh, they got the big sort of like spider mouths the panda babas yeah the panda babas uh, 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 it's, it's, it's aqua walrus man 
Aqualish. Aqualish, yeah. Aqualish. Wow. Aqualish. I remember this mic because they look like baboons, and then their name makes them sound like they're from a water planet, and like that doesn't make sense, and that's that's how that stays in my brain. Okay. That. I guess they look like the backside of baboons. I think it's because they were called walrus men. Yeah. But I think they're 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 spider inspired though. At least that's the oh. Spiders. I know. I, yeah. Send all of your hot spider memes to at, at Hothpod Ian. Ian. See, the thing I'm worried about is that the last time y'all made this joke, nobody did it because nobody listens. Right. But we're participating in a thing coming up next month, Star Wars Podcast Day. Yeah. Where we're throwing our hat in the ring mm-hmm. with a whole bunch of other Star Wars podcasters. Right. And all releasing content on the same day. And a lot of them might end up listening to this and might end up doing that. Okay. Might end up doing what? No, I'm not repeating it. Oh, actually, what they should do is Um, send all of their hot spider memes to at Hothpod Ian. Let's not, though. Instead. Um, uh, Links in the doobly-doo. Instead of that don't, please. Um, Right. (laughs) How does Ian recover from this? Aqualash <laughs> in the in in the armor's uh, armory in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. which was a cool callback, and we got to see some some Caradune martial action. Oh, and one thing I don't remember if you showed me this, John, or if I just found it on the internet somewhere, but uh, Caradune's belt buckle as. Uh, why are you shaking your head at me? Because that doesn't happen yet. No. She doesn't get the stripes until the end of the episode. That wasn't what I was going to say. <laughs> oh. Her belt buckle that's on her at the whole during the whole time has that uh, the symbol from the ribbon underneath that thing at the end. And it's also the same symbol that's on Cobb Vance's belt. And he is also a marshal. So there's like an actual symbol designation for marshal, which, which I thought was interesting. John is feverishly fact-checking this. Well, no, because I, I remember pointing out the stripe thing to you. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't remember that being in that episode until until uh, Captain Carson gives her the. Yeah, no, she has the badge. same like symbol on her belt. This was pointed out to me like weeks ago from the internet somewhere. So you know, who knows? Reliable source, the internet. Um, yeah. uh, hello, my name is John. Um, Welcome, John. I'm a representative of the internet. Using our our um, our advanced Google search for yes. uh, Cara Dune the Siege belt, uh, I can confirm that she does in fact have stripes on her belt at this time. Thank you. This has been John from the internet. I'd like to take a moment to thank the council for sending their representative John of the internet to us in order to fact check these things. Mm. However, I am going to have to request all of your fact checks go through our resident fact checker, Straight Facts Mike. Mm. All right. Anything else about this episode that we need to go over? Uh, you know, go ahead. We didn't really talk all that much about what what happened inside the base. Yeah, the base. So, uh, as we mentioned previously, Grief Karga and Cara Dune thought that it was a skeleton crude base, and they just wanted to get the Imperials off their planet. And when they get there, it's a little bit more than just a skeleton crew, as it appears that they're active, or at least recently active cloning or some sort of bio medical experiments going on inside the uh, base there's a scene where they come into a room that's clone vats or some sort of vats with bodies in them and two imperial scientists 
feverishly trying to delete all their data. And in true Star Wars fashion, if you can't delete something in time, you just shoot it. Yeah, right? if, something, if you want something to work the way you want it to, to work, you shoot it. Yeah. I think that was my favorite part of the episode where one of them tried to shoot at them and the other one is like okay well i'm just gonna i'm just gonna shoot this yeah (laughs) instead of like try to save my life by shooting at these other people Mm -hmm. yeah we see that a couple times in the season where like there's one imperial that's like i'm fighting for my life and then the other appeals like i'm gonna do my job first (laughs) um after they get into that room they find that video of dr pershing saying that hey we we need um the asset because uh, I'm I'm all out of the donor baby blood to run these tests on. Um, you know, I was going through my head as you were like pausing for a half second, going like, "All right, how is he going to phrase this?" <laughs> like, I phrased it with baby blood. And you phrased it with baby blood. That's yeah. a bold choice. <laughs> Let's see if it pays off. Um, but that that's where we learn that, or that's where Mando learns that. Um, that Gideon is still alive because right. the recording's only, I think he said three days old. Yeah, two or three days, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there's uh, also the vats of... Yeah, uh, yeah, whatever that experiment was, if they're clones. I, I I think that they were subjects that they in, infused with baby blood mm-hmm. to see if they would gain force powers. And uh, the video, or hollow, whatever they call them in Star Wars, says that it was successful for... A fortnight, so like with two weeks, week and a half, mm-hmm. um, whatever a fortnight is. Some, some I think you're right. It's it, two weeks. It could be however long a fortnight game lasts. I think it's like 30 minutes. I don't know. I've never played John, it. John, we're too old to uh, talk about Fortnite. <laughs> but it's in Star Wars, Ian. That's how we found out the Emperor came back. Don't. That's a topic for another <laughs> oh, time. Remember how mad Ian was when that happened? <laughs> oh. Well, it's because he just canceled his Fortnite subscription. I never had a Fortnite subscription. <laughs> Is that even a thing? I don't know. Probably. I don't play. I, I, once again, we're too old to be talking about Fortnite. Yeah, we don't know Fortnite. anything about Mike, Fortnite. <laughs> Straight Fox Mike, you play a 15-year-old MMO, and yeah. I play a 20-year-old RTS. And that's basically all I that's do. That's basically all we do. Yeah. Ian's here, too, playing more recent games. Right. Yeah, but normally they're just single-player story yeah. experiences. Oh, <laughs> adorable. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so blah blah blah. Find out the homie's alive. Three yep. years or mm-hmm. three three days ish old. And I believe it's at that point where they're like, "Hey, Mando, you should you should you should get the heck out of here like real quick." And yeah. um, they find a sweet Imperial transport to the hide everyone that doesn't have a jetpack hijacks it and uh, drive it off a cliff and survive because yeah, Star like Wars. you had a comment about the the physics did not work in that. <laughs> It was clearly like nose diving into the ground, and the next time we see it, it lands flat. Like <laughs> well, that's let, not how it works. Well, 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 let me well, maybe I can uh, easier easier upsetness at yeah. this. Uh, in Star Wars, when something falls from a great height, they survive. Oh. Mm. Mm. So like Luke and Bespin falls from a great height, a okay, except yeah. for you know missing a hand. When Poe and Finn, like, crash-landed. Totally fine. Yeah. They fell, because it wasn't powered at that point. It was definitely falling. Mm. Controlled falling. Controlled falling. Thank thank you, Disney. It's flying with um, style. Mm. He's got it. I don't think... There was no style. It was just crashing <laughs> over dirt. But it's 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 a long-running trope that when you fall from a great height in Star Wars, um, Darth Maul several times, uh, you're fine. Well, you're, you're A-OK. 
Yeah. I mean, it would have been fine if it, like, landed like that and just, like, fell flat afterwards. But it was just, like, literally 90 degrees different from when we saw it right before well, it hit the ground. It had, we actually saw it. It has forward sensors, so it detected the the land speeder directly in front of it and auto-corrected its uh, angle of entry onto the speeder. I um, also want to know... <laughs> I'm done with this conversation. <laughs> it's just moving on. <laughs> I want to know if they got an upgrade in their vehicles when they went from their speeder at the beginning that they parked in front of it to the giant, like, monstrosity that they ended up with. You know? Was it a, a net positive? I, I think so. Okay. Because it can carry more people. Yeah. It seems to go just as fast. Right. And it has a big gun on it that's now it, broken. It used to have a big yeah. gun on it. And get fixed. It's probably better armored. Sure. Can it go as fast? It seems Maybe. to. I mean... Is it street legal? I mean, one it's of probably the, not street one legal. One of the things they did when they were being chased by ties was go faster. Hmm. Yeah. The classic Star Wars... I'm going at top speed. Now, so I'll just, just go, a little go over there. We talked about this last season, but that troop transport was like an originally. Was it? It was a Kenner toy. It was a Kenner toy. Yeah. And then they brought it to life in the Mandalorian. Yes. Yeah, so some dumb thing I learned about that specific one in the siege is it's not the same as the one that we see at the end of the first season. Right, because it's slightly have modified the, version. Yeah, it doesn't have like the, I don't know, the the the, the people corrals on the side. They probably destroyed the original prop and had to rebuild a new one. All right, I think that's all we got for the. Real, real, real quick, we didn't finish it. Woof. We we got to the escape, but we didn't say what happened to the base. It blowed up. Yeah. Okay, now we can move on. Okay. Yeah, it blew up because there was lava, and then they they there there was like machines in the lava, and then they broke the machine that was in the lava, and then it exploded. You know, yeah. The, the lava involved the best joke of the entire episode. With Horatio Sands calling out the lack of uh, guardrails. Yeah, there are no guardrails. <laughs> calling out the OSHA violations. <laughs> Blatant violations of safety. Uh, um, yeah. Then we got a sweet uh, space fight where um, Baby Yoda uh, very cutely put his hands up as they um, barrel rolled um, and uh, puked up the uh, the blue cookies. Yeah, the blue cookies. Yeah. Once and... again, proving that spinning is a good trick. And once again, creating something that they can sell us at Disneyland. Oh, yeah. Oh, you could get them, like, right after yeah, that. Yeah, right after came it they're came like, out. They were, like, 60 Yeah, they were, like, for $60 for macaroons with mm-hmm. blue food dye in them. But Star Wars cookies. Yeah, yeah, they're Star Wars. I have, like, four or five in package. Yeah, he ordered them right after. Yeah, they're going to be worth hundreds. If I'm going to spend... They're going to be worth dozens of dollars. If I'm spending $60 on something Star Wars related, it's either Blat <laughs> Series figures or going towards another lightsaber. Or collector's edition cookies. Yeah. Uh, You'll keep in package. Right. Yeah. Because so their value will just increase you keep exponentially. Them in the box. I'm sure whatever post-apocalyptic wanderer that comes over and finds your cookies after the explosion will be quite happy. You'll be still. They'll be worth... Dozens of dollars. They'll be do- worth dozens of bottle caps. Fives and fives of dollars. <laughs> so, all right. I think that's about it for the siege. So, all right. Well, I think that just about does it for this episode of Hoth Topics, a podcast about Star Wars. But before we go, I do want to mention that coming up on February 7th, 
we, along with at last count 59 other podcasts, will be participating in Star Wars Podcast Day. This is just a day where we're all going to try to put out a podcast around the same time. You can check out all of the podcasts participating by going to uh, Twitter and going to at Star Wars Pod Day. And you can check out a bunch of other amazing creators who probably put stuff out on a, you know, a good, timely manner, unlike ourselves, uh, and find some great new podcasts to listen to. I highly recommend checking it out, checking it out. and we'll be doing uh, a special episode releasing that day of uh, more Hoth Topics nonsense. And uh, Mike, you're going to be joining us for that one, I think, yeah? I believe so. All right, awesome. We'll have to invite him. Yeah. <laughs> check, check your email. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we'll have our people call your people. Mm. So... Thank you for joining us for this episode of Hot Topics. Uh, if you want to get to uh, contact us, you can tweet at us at the Twitters at HothPod. Send us an email at HothPod at gmail.com. Or check out our website where you can see all of our past podcasts and other content, HothTopicsPodcast.com. Uh, I've been Ian. I've run out of clever things. That was John. Mike's here as well. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next time. Loud ending joke.